0: Inhaled insulin has been one of those biotech ideas that have seemed better on paper than in practice. Huge investments have been made to carry these products through challenging development only to end in market flops. Arami Therapeutics, a company founded by one of the pioneers in the field, is advancing its version of inhaled insulin and building a pipeline of other inhaled biologics behind it. We spoke to Ann Whittaker. CEO of Arami, about its pursuit of inhaled insulin, why she believes the company will be able to avoid the pitfalls others have faced, and the case for delivering insulin and other biologics through the lung with its technology. And thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here, Danny. Thanks for having me.
0: We're going to talk about Arami, inhaled insulin, and the use of your technology to deliver a broader range of biologics through the lungs. I'd like to start with the inhaled insulin product, though. This has been a, a tough and disappointing area for drug companies in the past. I'm thinking here of Nectar and Pfizer with Exubra and, and Mankind as well. Why insulin?
1: It's a good it's a good question, you know, why insulin has been something that a number of companies have tried to to crack and but as you mentioned, uh Nectar, Pfizer, and Mankind. And um you know, my experience in the insulin market, I could tell you that the the reason we want you know, a number of companies are, have tried to pursue insulin as an inhaled option Is, is really to improve the compliance and adherence that you see, uh, with, um, you know, injectable insulin today. It's not a very friendly way uh, to deliver a chronic medicine and, uh, you know, challenging for the patients who carry around with them. And so, um, I think a number of companies have been looking for a new way to deliver insulin in a patient-friendly route that would really ultimately improve outcomes. And it's been, I think, challenged. Uh, certainly, it's been with regard to the devices uh, that have come with the previous technology, you know, starting with uh, Exubera and a very large device, although a, a great um, you know, sort of start of the inhaled insulin technology, uh, but certainly not something that you could carry around. And then to the latest uh, dry powder insulin uh, Afrezza, which is a a great product for you know, certain uh, types of diabetic patients, uh, namely type one diabetes patients who really need a quick insulin hit, something that's very rapid. And I think our technology is really bringing together uh you know the learnings from that those two inhaled insulin to bring a much more patient friendly option with our soft mist inhaler device and a very natural insulin profile, so much like you see sort of an evolution of different technologies from you know the first cell phone that we we saw was very large and actually my first cell phone was part of my car uh mobile phone to then you know some of the larger devices that you could carry around to now the smart phones that we have we consider the advances in in the technology to deliver inhaled insulin similar start a very, very large device you have uh a, a, the dry powder inhaler and we believe our smart Inhaler delivering a very natural insulin uh, product uh, will be a real transformation uh, once it reaches the market.
0: This was something that seemed very compelling on its face, but if I remember correctly, when, when Exubera became available, there was actually a reluctance in the market to use it because there was already an established delivery mechanism that was safe and worked well, regardless of whether patients were afraid of needle needles. What gives you confidence there'll be market demand for such a product?
1: Yeah, my confidence that there'll be market demand is supported by you know, continued patient research that we've done, market research, as well as provider research, that while there's been... Uh, a, a good, you know, good uptake of injectable insulin, uh, basal insulin and, and mealtime time insulin. There still is a significant percentage of patients who either avoid insulin altogether and ultimately, you know, never progress to, to really care for their diabetes and end up with a number of, of complications, uh, because they're fearful of needles. Or those that just avoid it to the point where they become insulin, uh, dependent. And that's supported by, uh, a number of market research studies. Um, it, in my own experience, uh, selling both, um, Lantus, the world's best selling, uh, basal insulin and mealtime insulin. We had real challenge trying to get uh, improve compliance with, uh, with our products. Sometimes challenge just even getting patients to pick it up at the pharmacy. And when we did market research, this fear of insulin or fear of injections is very real. And so we believe by bringing a much more patient friendly, uh, option with our softness inhaled insulin, uh, could allow patients the opportunity to use insulin earlier in the treatment of their disease and uh, to you know, to improve ultimately the, the outcome. Uh, because the, the need to me, and from what you hear from KOLs, is is still very clear.
0: Orami was founded by John Patton as Dance Biopharma. He's someone who's long been involved in efforts to bring and held insulin to market. He was a a founder of Inhale, which later became Nectar. What's been learned from the earlier experiences around inhaled insulin, and how has it affected the development of your product?
1: Yeah, this has been John Patton's uh, life uh, passion, to really be able to bring a patient-friendly uh, inhaled insulin uh, to market, because he has been 30 years, you know, really hearing the uh, unmet, you know, the need expressed by the diabetic community, uh, his experience with uh, Ex- Exubera, and when Exubera was removed from the market because of lack of support for uh, of Pfizer, you know, really efforts to commercialize it as they made a decision to pivot into other areas uh, with a new CEO. You know, John continued that work to de- develop the best you know, technology to, to deliver this. And so we took all the learnings from, uh, the challenges with the device with Exubera and the fact that its portability, uh, was a real barrier to uptake, uh, to the learnings that, uh, Fresa and Mankind have had are around how you penetrate into the insulin market. You need to be competitively positioned from a pricing standpoint. You need to have a solution uh, that physicians uh, can easily translate um, their the injectable doses of mealtime insulin to an inhaled insulin. And we've taken all those learnings and applied it to our Product, uh, our inhaled insulin product, which again is a natural insulin profile, so it it matches uh, what a healthy person's pancreas, how they would they would uh, release insulin in response to a meal, and it is a uh, very low cost of goods product. Uh, as well because we have a, a device that you can use uh, for minimally of a year and then a, a dispenser that allows for the patient to carry uh, their supply of insulin conveniently with them for a month. And we we know from our efficient supply chain that we've created and through some important partnerships, uh, we, we will be able to compete on a pricing level, uh, with multi-mensalins that exist today, including, uh, biosimilars or authorized generics that have been launched. And, and that's very important because access today, uh, in you know, the U.S. market is controlled heavily by payers. And, uh, that has been a real shift over the last decade. And so pricing uh, competitively to what is in the market uh, will really enable that access that you need to get uh, patient and physician uptake.
0: This is a, a phase three ready product. What's been learned about the safety and efficacy of it from the studies conducted to date?
1: So we've uh, conducted five phase one slash two A studies. Um, and what we have seen Consistently with the, the, the product is that it, uh, is faster onset than Humalog uh, or Lispro. And that is really important for those patients, um, especially type one patients that it has fast onset. Um, and, but we have that natural profile of insulin that I, I mentioned. Uh, we also have seen across all five of those studies, very little to no cough. In fact, in our recent, uh, phase, uh, 1, 2A studies, we saw no cough. And if you compare that with, uh, both, you know, formulations of, uh, powder insulin, you, you, know, you, you see a, a high percentage of cough. Uh, and that's due to a large percentage of the drug actually ending up in the upper respiratory area or in even in the throat. And our device, um, is a best in class device and I have a lot of device experience in the inhalation space. So I, I feel I can say that very confidently. Uh, we deliver 80% of the drug deep into the airways and it's a very gentle mist. Um, where it doesn't cause that bronchial sort of, uh, you know, reaction that you have with, with other products. So we've seen great consistent results, um, that, you know, we're excited about what we believe we will see in the, in the phase three study based on, uh, both that PKD, PK and, uh, PD uh, profile.
0: In September, the company underwent a rebranding dance biopharma became Arami. Why the change?
1: So, Dance has had a a long history, over a decade, of really being dedicated to inhaled insulin. And uh, while that is a, a, you know, we're excited about the potential of now getting our inhaled insulin uh, program ready for Phase 3, we have a much bigger opportunity to take the technology that we have developed Uh, for the inhaled insulin product, our, uh, soft, our smart soft mist handheld, uh, inhaler and our formulation capability that we have refined, uh, as a company and apply that to, uh, a much broader set of products, namely biologics, um, Biologics have grown in their acceptance and uh, with regard to being used for chronic diseases, they are largely delivered by injectable, uh, uh, routes. And we see an opportunity to take our capability as a company and our device and to offer patients a new way to treat Uh, There are rare rare chronic diseases and severe chronic diseases, um, and and really reimagine the therapy there uh, as an inhaled therapy versus an injectable
0: therapy. You're looking to deliver a much broader range of biologics through the lung. What's the range of substances you're developing to deliver that way?
1: So we're uh, excited about are you know, really building on our history in diabetes with our uh, next product that we are taking into the clinic. We are developing a fast-acting inhaled glucagon-like peptide, GLP-1, for the treatment of type 2 uh, diabetes patients. What we heard uh, consistently over the past uh, few years as we've worked with KOLs in the diabetes space, and while I've only been here for a year um, with uh, Arami, I've had a long history in diabetes, and ta- physicians have you know, moved the focus now to really improve time and range for, di- type two, for diabetes patients. And that's led us to this opportunity with our fast-acting inhaled GLP-1 to treat patients who have type 2 diabetes but continue to remain uncontrolled uh, due to postprandial uh, hyperglycemia. And so we're moving that product uh, through the toxicology program right now. We are in the midst of our 28 days. Tox study, uh, two different species, and and we have not seen any issues at this point. And we're very excited about the potential of moving that product into the clinic in April of next year uh, for a, for the phase one slash two a study. Similar programs that we did uh, with our inhaled insulin product. So that's our, our lead asset coming out of our, our pipeline, uh, today. We are also, uh, working on inhaled parathyroid hormone. Patients who have, um, their thyroid removed, uh, they, they ultimately end up having their parathyroid removed as well. And today their only, uh, option as a, a therapy is a daily injection. And unfortunately that daily injection does not match, uh, the, the profile or what, what happens, uh, naturally from a parathyroid, from your parathyroid hormone as it delivers that hormone, hormone pulsatile throughout the day. And so you don't see great results with that injectable parathyroid hormone. And our technology, our device, uh will allow for you know, really matching that circadian rhythm of the parathyroid hormone that's secreted uh you know uh through the day for a patient and we think will offer you know, a real benefit to those patients with hypoparathyroidism that same technology we think which, which that is a rare disease and we're starting there but that same technology that same product uh, can be taken into osteoporosis, which is a very large market. Uh, but we're starting small, where we think there is a significant unmet need, and we'll be moving that product into preclinical stages next year you know, with a plan to enter into Phase one studies by the end of, of 2020. We also are working on inhaled human growth hormone, Uh, in health, human growth hormone is used predominantly, or excuse me, in human growth hormone treatment is, it's really predominantly used in children who have short stature disease or a number of other, uh, uh, rare diseases related to that, to, uh, growth, um, you know, really growth trajectory. And that, today, the only option is an injectable therapy for those uh, those children, and it's they're not friendly injections either. They're a pretty large needle, and after raising two boys, I can tell you the thought of wrestling uh, you know a young child trying to give them a daily injection, potentially you know, twice a day, uh, it's is is a is a daunting task. And what we see in that area is even missing uh, you know one injection a week can impact the trajectory of growth. And so we believe by delivering an inhaled human growth hormone option that you'll see increased compliance and therefore improved results. And so we're excited about that uh, as an option as well. And then we're evaluating a number of different biologics that we know work in our device. Um, It's just a matter of what we can take on as a little company uh right now. And so those are the ones that we have uh prioritized and we're super excited about the potential we uh potential patient impact that we can make with those therapies.
0: Is there something that makes these molecules amenable to this form of delivery? Or are there characteristics you look for when deciding to develop something as an inhaled therapy?
1: Yes, there are key characteristics uh, and really a che- checklist that we go through. Uh, number one, solubility: can you can you make it into a solution that can be delivered via uh, an inhaled therapy? Uh, you know, how that, uh, that, that, uh, biologic is expected to be received in, uh, in the lung. So is it, uh, uh, you know, is it a high molecular weight? Um, are there enzymes in the lung that break it down too rapidly? There's a variety of different, you know, uh, factors that we consider everything from tenicity to pH that you can, uh, achieve. With it and, and that, that's really what makes, uh, Arami unique and that we have, uh, a decade of experience as a company, but we have, uh, individuals with over 30 years of experience of formulating, uh, products to be inhaled. And so we can very quickly determine if a product can be delivered as an inhaled um product and will work in our device.
0: What's the path forward on the inhaled insulin?
1: So we have wrapped up our uh five uh phase one two a studies that I mentioned and we're very pleased with those results as I I, I spoke about. And we are pursuing partners across all key markets to take that product forward into phase three registration studies and into commercialization. We believe that's the best route to take that product because of the uh, large market that it it will uh, offer a solution for, for both type one and type two diabetes. Uh, My own experience of uh, commercializing assets in the diabetes space tells me that this is a big opportunity and we need a larger company really to take this forward, uh, from the development stages, uh, into commercialization. And, and so we're, we're moving forward with that process. We have a number of companies, uh, in diligence and we're optimistic about, uh, that product moving forward into phase three, uh, in late 2020.
0: And what about the rest of the pipeline? When do you expect to advance another molecule into clinical development?
1: So next year we have a lot to do as as a company because we are advancing our inhaled GLP one into the clinic in April of next year. That's our that's our plan. As I mentioned, we're advancing the inhaled PTH into official preclinical studies, uh and that means our seven day and twenty-eight-day talks, and with a plan to have that product in the clinic by the end of 2020. And then we also are being opportunistic as a company to think about how we really build our inhalation platform uh, as a co- as a company. And so we are pursuing it's in-licensing of products um, to bring in uh, so that we would have actually an additional products, likely in the PAH space, the pulmonary arterial hypertension space, uh, in the clinic in 2020. So when you think about Arami Therapeutics, today you know, we are a company with a phase 3 ready asset and a number of preclinical products when you think about the company in 2021 uh my vision for the company is that we will have a minimum of four products in the clinic and likely ha- you know have uh our inhaled insulin program well into its phase 3 program and we actually will have the GLP1 uh data in mid 2021 with a plan to advance that product into the into phase three registration studies in 2022. So it's quite a transformation that you know, we are really super excited about and feel we are uniquely positioned as a company to be a leader in the inhalation space.
0: You raised $21 million in June. How far will that take you and are you taking steps to raise additional capital?
1: Well, as a small company, Danny, you know, you're always, you're always raising money and, uh, uh, and that, that, that's the case that you've got six months runway or you've got two years runway because it takes time to, to build relationships with investors and to keep them, you know, updated on your, your progress and to bring, bring that next round in. And so we have runway as a company safely through the middle of, uh, 2020. And we are in the process of uh, building up our next capital raise, uh, which we aim, where, where we aim to raise enough capital to support the programs that I mentioned, uh, and really give us two years runway, uh, which will uh, take us to that point that I talked about of really becoming an inhalation platform company with four products in the
0: clinic. Ann Whitaker, CEO of Arami Therapeutics, and thanks so much for your time today.
1: Thank you, Danny. It's been a great pleasure. We appreciate being part of your show.
0: Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager.